Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download eBooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Today on CareCast, you'll hear the second episode of a special three-part series on racial reconciliation. In the first episode, Roland and Vince discussed how Roland came to terms with racism and how he began to think about what Christ would say about the racial tensions our nation faces today. In part two, Roland and Vince discuss the importance of understanding other people's stories and pursuing righteousness when it comes to racial reconciliation. Talk a little bit more about righteousness, because I think when you when you have all these things in in the proper balance, that's really that's really what you're striving for is righteousness. And there's you know kind of the way that people look at righteousness and the way that God looks yeah. at righteousness. So I think that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at righteousness through human eyes, it's just sort of being morally right, so to speak. And mm-hmm. and sometimes we can we can define that in our own context, mm-hmm. right? And we'll use the term righteousness. That was a righteous whatever in, in the context. But when you look at it biblically, it's actually being right. In God's eyes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in terms of our our, our conduct, mm-hmm. in terms of our character, mm-hmm. and in terms of our conscience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? All of those things, our conduct, our character, and our conscience, those three C's, when you're thinking about righteousness through that, is the way that I'm thinking about my fellow man, mm-hmm. is it righteous? Is, as I'm acting, is it righteous? Mm-hmm. And by the way, the call to righteousness is not just to white people, it's to black people, brown people, it's to all people, mm-hmm. right? And righteousness is a gift that comes from God, and that's why viewing this issue through a biblical narrative is important. It's a gift from God, mm-hmm. and He enables us to be to able to live a righteous life, and that's why we should be seeking that. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. should seeking to live righteous life. So we're we're looking for and seeking righteousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I remember a couple years ago, a few years back. Um, you know, we we're in the in the D.C. area, not far from Baltimore, and there was a big story that came out of Baltimore that was kind of, it was kind of focused on this uh, campaign that was being launched, the no snitching campaign. Mm-hmm. And basically, it, it was it was this this premise that you know the police come into a community. And uh, particularly urban community, in terms of the context of, of the story, and um, a crime has happened. Someone has called, and no one will say anything. Mm-hmm. No one will tell. The police are like, "What happened?" Nobody's going to tell. No snitching. No snitching. And you know, it's interesting. I started to think about that in the context of kind of where we are today, because uh, if you look at the principle of that perspective, it's basically saying, "Look, I am willing to allow injustice." Because remember, the police were called. There's somebody in the community was hurt or whatever. I'm willing to allow injustice if the alternative is to expose someone in my community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I thought about that perspective in the context of what happened to George Floyd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, because there were other police officers that were standing around. Mm-hmm. And clearly, mm-hmm. they saw what was happening and they saw that it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And there are other situations that you've heard about where the police are there and they see what's not right mm-hmm. and they go back to the station and they the precinct and they kind of yeah cover right? up. Yeah. And what's what is the principle here? The principle here is that I'm willing to allow injustice mm-hmm. if the alternative is what to expose someone in my community. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. in both of those cases, mm-hmm. it's a lack of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm right. saying? It's a lack of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And so when you start to think about issues that way, it transcends race. And you understand this. No, this is a human problem that mm-hmm. we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. It's not a skin problem, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. a sin problem. Mm-hmm. And what we need is for folk in the hood, mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, 
everywhere to be seeking righteousness, in the precinct to be seeking righteousness, in the courthouse to be seeking righteousness, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? In the boardroom seeking righteousness, in the family seeking righteousness. That's what brings us all together and having a perspective about righteousness, mm -hmm. the way that God views righteousness mm -hmm. is so critically important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and, and that's just a, a great segue sort of into uh, this, the, I guess in some ways, the big question, right? So as, as a culture right now, what really should we be solving for? Well, really, Vince, when you think about what we should be solving for, I mean, even before you get to that question, I mean, the, the way that, in my view, and, and what God really put on my heart um, that's inspired me is when you look at Christ, you know, Christ had a message for the victim and for the victimizer. He had a message for both. For the victimizer, he said, you must be just, right? And for the victim, mm -hmm. he said, you must forgive. Mm -hmm. And you see that reflected in what Christ did and how he lived and how he died. Mm. I mean, one of the things that blew me away was when I started to think about this, that the last person that Jesus saved was not a victim, it was a victimizer. Mm. And he could have saved anybody, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it, it was the thief on the cross. And, and by the way, it wasn't the wrongly accused thief on the cross, but it was the thief on the cross. Mm -hmm. And one of the last things he, he said was, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm -hmm. So we, as humanity, were, quote, in that context, the victimizer, and he was the sinless victim. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that really informs a lot here in terms of the, the, the messaging and how we need to think about this from a Christian perspective. And, and why did Christ do that? Like, why did, he, why did he do that? And the reason he did that was because of this desire that God has to reconcile, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? To reconcile. Yes. So as I see it, when you look at the biblical narrative, what you're solving for is reconciliation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, when you look out in, in the cultural narrative, I don't see that a lot. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about here is reconciliation and restoration. Mm -hmm. but what I see a lot of is a focus on solving for revenge mm -hmm. and retribution. Mm -hmm. If you're looking, if you're getting informed on this and, and you're allowing the culture, the media, Facebook, Twitter, those platforms to mm -hmm. inform you, they're not platforms that are designed for reconciliation. Right. And in fact, you know, it's interesting. I used to be in the investment business and when I first started, um, I used to think that the only way that you could make money was if the market was going up. Right, right. That's what people think. Right, right. And I learned when I was at this investment firm, I said, oh, no, no. It, you can make money if the market is going up or if the market is going down. Mm -hmm. What we can't make money mm -hmm. in is in a market that's flat. Mm -hmm. In other words, what's important is volatility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're buying or selling volatility. Right, yep. The media works exactly the same way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why it, the, the, you hear, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm -hmm. That's why stories that don't fit a certain narrative don't make it to the air, mm -hmm. because they want volatility. Right. They, and people are more likely to be volatile. There's more likely to be vol volatility, if you will, if people are in conflict, fighting. They mm -hmm. don't look for that good, feel-good story where two people reconcile. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They look for that story where their revenge was sought, there was a conflict. Mm -hmm. So uh, God inspired me to say, look, you know, don't get how you should view this issue from a platform or a worldview mm -hmm. that is designed not for reconciliation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but actually the opposite. Right, 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 right. You, you yep. see what I'm saying? Yes. So that key to me is this whole notion, are you solving for reconciliation? As a black man, am I solving for reconciliation in terms of how I think about this issue? Mm -hmm. As a white man, are you solving for reconciliation in terms of how you think about this issue? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is key. And that's the challenge for all of us. And that's mm -hmm. why I say this, this call for repentance can't just be for white folk, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because, yes, white folks haven't always sought for reconciliation, but... 
but so too have black folks not always sought for reconciliation, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we can have unforgiveness in our heart based on something that's happened or a legacy of something mm-hmm, that, that's happened in the past. And, mm-hmm. and I think from God's perspective, if you read the biblical narrative mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. ask, well, am I on God's side? Mm-hmm. Unforgiveness mm-hmm. and not pursuing reconciliation mm-hmm. is not where God would have us. So yeah, we, we are called yeah. to be reconciled first to God mm and then to man, and for us to have a ministry of reconciliation in all that we do as Christians. And I think that really informs a lot of what we're doing. Yeah, you know, when you were talking about reconciliation with me earlier, you talked about the different stories uh, that are important, just in terms of, you know, like from a practical level, how does reconciliation happen between two people or two groups of people? Yeah. And you talked about the need to listen to each other's story. Can yeah. you talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I really was informed by this. I have a friend who's uh, a white guy, a fr- who's a good friend. He's from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we met and we started to have a conversation about his life and about my life. And certainly I, I could have approached that conversation with, you know, you need to hear my story as a black man. Mm-hmm. Or you need to tap into my pain as a black man. And that could have been the entire focus. And that's what I hear in terms of the media narrative a lot of times. Well, you need to just be listening to black folk, which is important. Don't get me wrong. But if you're going to have a reconciliation, you're going to build a relationship, you need to hear the other person's story too. And it's mm-hmm. interesting. He and I got together and I heard his story. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he told me about him being a you know, 12-year-old and his parents taking him and his siblings and dropping them off at home and saying, we're going to go to the store and we'll be back. And they never came back never came back. Mm. He never saw him again. Wow. And about he as a as a young kid tried to take care of his siblings and everything until social services found them. Mm. That's his story. Right. right. Now, he's never been a black man. Right, right, right. He's never had an egg thrown at him. He's never been caught. But what he understands mm-hmm. is rejection. Mm-hmm. He understands the pain mm-hmm. of someone saying you're not worthy of me being connected to you. Right, 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 right. Right? Yep. So that was his story. Mm-hmm. So if I'm just interested in people understanding my story and my pain, guess what? We would have never reconciled. So once I heard his story, mm-hmm. then I could find my story in his story. Mm-hmm. So if there's their story, there's your story, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the ultimate story, which connects us all, which is Christ. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that Christ came in a human form? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why did he come in a human form? Mm-hmm. Well, he came in a human form to connect with our story right, in right. order to what? Reconcile us. Right. So when I heard my friend's story, we were reconciled. We built a friendship based on, based on that. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be listening on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so I challenged myself, well, gosh, I can't just be interested in folk knowing my story, my pain, my history, whatever. Mm-hmm without me also actively seeking to understand and know theirs. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have found in terms of my interactions and why, frankly, I have a lot of white friends Mm -hmm. and I have a lot of black friends. Mm -hmm. And that's unusual. I Mm -hmm. think most white people, candidly, have mostly white friends and and very few black friends. And most black people have lots of black friends and very few white friends. Mm -hmm. I have lots of both. Mm -hmm. Because I can find common ground Mm -hmm. in our stories that transcends the color of our the Mm -hmm. color our Mm -hmm. the color of our skin. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's what Christ did. He found our story that transcend Mm -hmm. race, creed, national origin, all these things. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. He found our story. He connected to our story, and that's why we call him Savior. Yeah. You see? Absolutely. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. That's that's a really great perspective. That was the second of a special three episode Carecast series on racial reconciliation. In the next episode, Roland will discuss how to practically apply a reconciliation framework to the challenging environment we are in today. For more Pro Abundant Life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. 
There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.